Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. This is T-Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we will do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and can't continue to listen online, call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen live via phone, or please use your Bluetooth if you're driving about. I need to silence the lines for just one moment because I need to do a sound check. I'm having an issue, so please hold on. We'll be right back, okay? Okay, we're back. So sorry about that. Have you ever wondered 
during the course of your life, if you're truly being helped by angels or saints or spirit guides, the divine source, spirit, whatever it is that you deem the God of your understanding to be, my guests tonight have joined us before, twice in fact, and they're back again to talk about this very subject. Barbara Martin and Dimitri Moraitis have co-authored multiple books, including critically acclaimed The Healing Power of Your Aura and the international bestseller, which also received the Benjamin Franklin Book Award for Excellence, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. And they were on the show for those two books prior to tonight. But right now, we're going to be discussing their new book, Communing with the Divine, A Clairvoyance Guide to Angels, Archangels, and the Spiritual Hierarchy. They are co-founders of Spiritual Arts Institute, which is based in Los Angeles, and recognized as one of the primary nonprofit metaphysical educational centers in the country. Barbara, having been called the Mozart of metaphysics, is considered one of the foremost clairvoyance and metaphysical teachers in the world. She was born with highly developed spiritual sensories, could see the aura in its subtleties, observed and communicates with spirit beings, and showed precognitive abilities very early on. As an adult, she found that she had the ability to travel to the spirit world, and she has been at the forefront of the metaphysical New Age movement for more than 50 years and is particularly well-known for her work with the aura. Now, Dimitri is the executive director of Spiritual Arts Institute. He's been personally trained by Barbara, has 30 years of metaphysical experience, and is an accomplished metaphysical teacher and healer. And he has been instrumental in organizing the teaching material and bringing Spiritual Arts Institute to the place it is today. Dimitri and Barbara both teach the workshops and classes offered at the Institute, and we are really very fortunate to have them here tonight with us. Hello? Okay, so good evening, Barbara and Dimitri. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. You've been on the show before, and we are so grateful that you're back. How are you both being this evening? Hi. We're doing good. Thank you for having us back on your show. Oh, it's so exciting. I couldn't believe it. I love your book. I love everything that you've written so far. So, you know, you're doing really great things out there for the world, and we're all appreciative of that because this world needs it. (laughs) There's a lot going on right now, for sure. (laughs) Oh, you know, and but, I have so many questions, and it, it, the book is mind-boggling. You've written books on the aura and human energy, and that's what we talked about on previous shows with you, but we never really delved into communing with the divine. Why did you decide to write this book, and, and is there a reason you decided to bring it forth now at this time? Well, uh, as you know, it's an essential topic, uh, talking yeah. about the spiritual hierarchy is a very important topic. Uh, Barbara's been, you know, it's funny, even though she's known for her work with the aura, um, really this has been as big a part of her teaching as anything else. And we are actually writing a series of seven books. Um, the first one was The Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. The second one, Healing Power of Your Aura. The third one was Karma and Reincarnation. And this one is on the spiritual hierarchy to show how important these holy beings are in our life. Uh, we felt like there wasn't, a, well, there are a lot of books written about them, but they were uh, somehow incomplete in some very important areas. So that was one of the reasons we really wanted to jump in and tell people, you know, these are not adornments in our life, things like angels and archangels. They're the very means for attaining what we are trying to accomplish in our life. And you're right in saying that there have been books, you know, similar to this. However, you really delve into it to a point where no one has ever said some of the things that you've said before. For instance, it is by hierarchy that, if, that the souls evolve. And we start out, there are 12 kingdoms, and when I read the book, I understood it to mean that we have all progressed from the very first kingdom all the way up to this eighth kingdom of being human. So I want to yeah. start with, did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, you're jumping into the deep waters. <laughs> yeah, I you know why? Because nobody else says this, and it seems to me, I don't know, and I'm, I'm going to apologize now because I'm not sure of what religion this is, but there are religions, I don't know if it's Buddhist or Hindu, where they say, you know, don't kill a fly, it could be an ancestor. And people have always kind of balked at that and said, oh, yeah, right. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exaggeration. Yeah, it's an exaggeration. Yeah. Um, again, we have to remember, um, you know, from the time some of these ancient beliefs were, or these ancient, I should say, revelations were given, centuries have passed. 
and you know others sometimes you know interpretations have come into the picture as you crystallize it through the centuries i guarantee you if you heard this from the mouth of buddha himself you would hear it differently than what you're you're hearing right now but mm-hmm. the idea to honor life is extremely important um the life in an ant is actually as essential as the life in us but it's going through our evolution is primarily an evolution in consciousness so yes the idea of honoring life all life is very very important but no you don't hop around from from kingdom to kingdom you it it, it took a long time to get to the human kingdom and you're not going to suddenly cuz you were you know didn't do something right you're going to go back and be a tree or a flower that's just not going to happen uh you have to correct it in the human kingdom if i made a mistake in the human i have to fix it as a human not not as something else but what you're saying about the 12 kingdoms, uh, uh, right, Barbara, this is the, the first time that the higher really brought it through in such a clear, direct way. The Kabbalists have an, an ancient saying. You know, they say uh, a rock becomes a plant, a plant an animal, an animal a man, a man a god. You know, mm-hmm. so they, they do teach. Many traditions do teach the idea of evolving from one kingdom into another but uh, this, what we wanted to show is, yes, that happens, but also the hierarchy that we admire and look up to so much, like the angels and the archangels, are actually part of the same kingdom that we're in. And that's, they're like our older brothers and sisters in light. And that's why they're so helpful to us. They have come up to the same hierarchical order we have, but they've gone further than we have. And we can attain that as we continue yeah. to evolve. Okay. One day we will, so yes. We, in other words, yeah, the human's the pivotal. The human yeah. is a long evolution. Like you said, it's the, out, out of the 12, it's eight. So that means we went through eight different kingdoms to get mm-hmm. to human. And human so is, I was a fish at one point. We all were. We were a little, little guppy, okay. you know. <laughs> but we're talking eons ago. So it's oh, really, yeah, but still, yeah, you, you know, you I mean, really, it, was, it was kind of a surprise. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay, I really was a fish at one point. Well, how come I don't like to swim? But well, or, or what was that? <laughs> the, yeah, what was that? Yeah, I mean, again, we have to remember consciousness and life is in everything. Yeah. And it's all in a state of perfection. It's all in a state of gradual perfection. It's not a random thing as modern material science will have you believe. We're not, it's not just blind forces of nature that are doing this. Uh, there is a reason and a rhyme to it, and we're in this state of, of development. Now, the human is so important because it brings in the lower kingdom experience, including the animal, uh, and it aims now to the higher, the more divine kingdom, and it's in the human that we have our first rekindling of the direct experience of God. The lower kingdoms do have their form of, shall we say, enlightenment, but it's not that direct inner experience that the human has in the kingdoms above. So it's the first time since we begin our pilgrimage that we really awaken that there really, you know, God is really there through a direct experience of this. And that's what we call our enlightenment. But in that search, we are a conundrum. You know, in other words, we have this saint sinner, you know, uh, good, bad elements kind of running through us at the same time. And when we're undeveloped, when we haven't learned to temper that, it's an endless source of frustration because we can contradict ourselves. Um, But when we do master it, then, of course, we really embody the higher divine principles and we start to become more divine ourselves. And then that leads to the the work of the higher, uh, the higher, you know, the higher work, like when you, you know, evolve to the level of the angel and beyond. Now, when you get to the level of the angel, what's so wonderful about that kingdom, in addition to many, many things, is we have to build our awareness of God. It takes a long time to get to that stage. Mm-hmm. Angels are born with it. You know, when you're born in the angelic kingdom, you're born with that self-awareness of God. And well, because no you worked on it during the human phase, correct? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So even the little cherubs, even the angelic babies, they have mm-hmm. this awareness, and that's why it's so powerful when they come around us is because they, um, they, they bring that God presence with them. And this is another well, thing we want to emphasize about the hierarchy. 
we are speaking of something extremely sacred and holy. And mm-hmm. some books I hear on and people talk about the angels, they talk about them like little servants, you know. Oh, I call on yeah. this to get that, and I call on this to get that, and I call on this being to get that, you know. That's not, that's, that's not what it's about. They're not our servants. If anything, it's more like we're there to serve them. But they're there to help us achieve our purpose. To There's provide a wonderful, guidance. Yeah, they're in a, well, more than guidance. They're the guidance, but they're also giving us the actual energy, the actual consciousness to mm-hmm. accomplish. You know, you talked about how we work with the aura. Well, how does the energy of that aura come in? It's not just by osmosis. It's directed right. by the hierarchy. Now, in the, in the Old Testament, in the Tanakh, there's that wonderful story of Jacob's ladder. You know, the, the story of Jacob dreamed. He's one of the patriarchs. Mm-hmm. He dreamed there was a ladder that went all the way to heaven. Right. But what was on that ladder? Angels at every step. Mm-hmm. So the the the, the, mysticism, the mystical interpretation here is that every key moment in your life, these divine beings are there with you. They are the very means that you reach God. God works, reaches us through the spiritual hierarchy. Uh, Barbara described it very beautifully a long time years ago. He said, "Think of God like a trillion watt light bulb. I mean, trillion watt power station, and we are a twenty watt light bulb." We cannot handle the trillion watts of power directly, but if that energy were stepped down, then we could. And that's what the hierarchy does. The the hierarchy different levels of development. So that hierarchy steps down the energy, steps down the guidance and direction to a level that we can accept and use. It's a change. Sure, it filters it out. It filters it it out so that we can take it to a point that we can take it in. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to take it in. We'd probably explode or something. Yeah. Now, one thing. Yes, and one of the things you said about um, awareness. You know, as humans, we are aware, but as humans, we are self-aware, which means to me that we can go in and we know that we have a part of God within us, as does everything I believe. But animals really don't have self-awareness; they have awareness. Exactly. But not necessarily self-awareness. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's yeah. a higher and, mind trait. In other words, through self-awareness, that's where free will really comes in. Because when you have self-awareness, you have choice. Animals do make choices, but they make them on an instinctual level. They're not rationalizing it. Uh, they're sure. Not they're just using the amygdala, not the prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Yeah. They say, I want yeah. this. I don't want this. You know, uh, and they go for it that way. With humans, of course, we have the ability for that abstract thought, which no other of the lower kingdoms have. And this gives us a, a direct connection to the higher mind, uh, but it also makes us more responsible because now we have a lot more responsibility than the animals. And that's also what is meant in the Bible when they talk about man shall have dominion over the earth. They didn't mean just to dominate and do whatever we want. They meant that as the highest physical kingdom, we actually have the most responsibility for all the other kingdoms that helped us to get there. One would hope that we would be using it responsibly, but, you know. I, not always. Not always. <laughs> There's debate on that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not always. Not always, yeah. You know, but there I, are a lot of good I, people, and, you know, again, we're learning too, you know, so it's, it's a problem. And this also, by the way, brings up another point. As divine as angels and archangels are, they're not God, and they're not right. all-knowing. And once in a while it says even an angel has to be reprimanded. So, again, they're they're doing this out of free will, too, on a more beautiful, exhilarated level. So we don't want to think that they're absolutely infallible and they're all, you know, again, we, we sometimes put the attributes of God onto the hierarchy. They are very God-like, but it's not exactly the same. You know, we're not, God is God, the holy ones are the holy ones. Mm-hmm. You know, in the book, it, it talks about the hierarchy that if one soul were missing, creation would not be complete. And I cannot tell you how many times I have said to people, you know, we all have a part to play. We're all a piece of this right. huge puzzle. And good or bad, the puzzle is not the same without all the pieces. And therefore, every piece, every person is just as significant as the next. Nobody's better than anyone else, whether you're the Dalai Lama or the Pope or the man who's living in a uh, cardboard box in the middle of New York City. No one's better right. than anyone else. No. You know? No. It, yeah. I think that's a, a, yeah, because that's part of what we are as humans. We're here to help each other as well. It isn't just our own self-awareness. Well, we've got to remember, too. We're, 
we have within us an immortal spark of life we call our soul. Our soul is immortal and everlasting, meaning it's never, it's always been and it always will be. And we're going through this human experience as part of our education. But that spark of life that's in you and me and Barbara and the man on the street or the Dalai Lama or whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's equally valuable. The difference is that the, the level of conscious development. So the difference between an amoeba and an archangel Both have the same spark of life within it, but the archangel has a far more developed conscious awareness of that life than the amoeba does. And that's the difference. So here in physical life, we have people at great states of spiritual awareness and those at at very beginning stages of spiritual awareness. It's, it's, again, it's a school of many different grades. Interestingly Mm -hmm. enough, on the other side, it's not quite like that in the spiritual worlds. Uh, there, there are there are many dimensions, and each you'll go to the dimension that you've earned the right to be at by how much light you've earned, where your consciousness is. So it's not like I'm being re- rewarded or punished, as much as um, if I've earned a hundred thousand watts of power, that's where I'll go, and if I haven't, that's where I'll go too. So it, it's again, it comes down to building more power, more light through every good word, thought, act, and deed through meditating and prayer. We in the book, we talk a lot about the importance of meditation and prayer to access the holy ones, because when you're in meditation and prayer, that's your one-on-one time with God, and when you're in that higher nature, that's when the holy ones can really communicate with you. So that's one very important time to start communing with them, and actually, even during the day, you know, sometimes people are really good at meditating. And then they finish and they go on with their day and it's like, well, the meditation doesn't exist anymore. They forget that, you know, the celestial beings can be right there with you, right in the thick of a difficult decision or something that you're doing. And if you leave your mind and consciousness open to letting them in, so to speak, they will help us, not just during meditation, but throughout the day. They may, say, give you a certain inspiration and ask you to follow Well, I'm glad you're saying that. Because a lot of people will tell me they have trouble meditating and they don't know how to do it. And I tell them it's not something you ever really achieve. It's, it's an act of consciousness that you have to be aware of. And if you sit, I meditate for half an hour in the morning and a half an hour in the evening, okay? But right. it sets the tone for the day and it ends the day on a good note as well. The thing is that when it sets the tone for the day, you really find yourself not as reactionary, but the key words that you said is that you're allowing yourself to remain open during the day so that right. you will receive those signs that you need. Now, I, I, I have a person in the chat room who is asking, she is... She has been receiving signs in three, and she was wondering, what does that mean? So she's looking for uh, guidance in her ability to find, or him, I'm sorry, I don't know who this is, to manifest a job at an organization, and she's wondering if the signs of three has anything to do with that. Does that play a role? Because three is the number of creation. Well, I'm not quite sure what she's referring to here. If, if she's asking for help with, the, um, with finding work, uh, mm-hmm. Is that what she's saying there, or whoever it mm-hmm. is is trying to find work right now? Yeah, okay, she's well, wondering if she gets signs of three. Well, again, you want to be too care- you want to be careful not to look too much for outside things to verify what you're looking for. Remember, the answers are coming from within you, not without. Mm-hmm. So right. what she wants to do is she wants to get into meditation, go up to that higher self. And if she's got the choices, now we've got to remember something because I know a lot of people come to Barbara and myself asking, gee, what career should I go into? Where should I, you know, it's not for Barbara and me really to say that because the person themselves has to discover that. There's an ancient axiom that says the seeking of the philosopher's stone sets the condition to find it. The times where, in other words, the seeking of your purpose, the seeking of the right thing to do, actually helps to bring it about. And then when you have that moment of self-discovery, then it will have meaning for you. If someone else says, gee, you should take this job, or gee, your purpose is to do this, it it doesn't really have that much meaning because it's not coming from you. And the holy ones don't usually work that way either. If we're looking for this giant sign in the sky and say, okay, I'm supposed to be this, you know, you may be waiting an awfully long time. 
what they want is Go ahead. I, I think Sorry. sometimes when I think sometimes when um, people get a sign and it's not, for instance, a lot of people I know they'll say I heard this song on the radio and it reminds me of you know my mom, okay? And now that song on the radio wouldn't remind me of anyone, but for them it's a sign because internally it triggers something. Well, so I that think could that's happen. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is don't overemphasize that. You know, mm-hmm. people come into the classes sometimes and they do have they do see colors and things and. Then they try to really analyze. Well, what did that? You know, you, uh, the Holy Ones teach us don't don't pay too much attention on that. It's it, there's a lot of things going on when that happens, and it's usually a blessing just to encourage you in the path. Now, if she feels through these signs or this person feels that there's some support that you know the hires they're working, then wonderful. But what I'm saying is, um, again, look for what you need to do with your job. You know, right. look for, do the homework. The best way to work with the Holy Ones is to do your homework to the best ability on your own, the best way that you can conceive it on your own, and then lay it on the altar of God. In other words, let's say there's three different job options. You've done your research. You've got it all figured out. You're still not quite sure, and then go for it. I had a situation just the other day. It wasn't a job, but it was. Uh, I was supposed to make a phone call to somebody and I didn't want to do it because I thought maybe it'd be a little, I had a feeling I might get a little emotional here or there and I sat mm-hmm. down meditation and I got right away, call him. You mm-hmm. know? And I did and it turned out to be a wonderful conversation. So it's again, things things like that, you know, you're in the midst of what you're doing, you're doing your best but when you stop to say, I'm ready to receive some guidance, then that's the help and they'll give you the little nudge They'll give you the next yes. clue. Yeah. But I think it's important to know that you need to trust that you will get that nudge and you need to trust in the meditation process and you need you're getting, to, yeah, you're getting the answers. Mm-hmm. They're working with us every day. There's not a day that goes by that the Holy Ones are not working with us. It's a matter and, of us getting quiet to hear them. And one of the questions I was going to ask is, in the book it says, uh, you mentioned that it's up to us to accept the guiding hand, but sometimes we do and sometimes we do not. And I thought, gee, I wonder why we don't. And then I thought, it's probably because we don't let go and let God. If you let go and allow God to make the decision, and, and you know, just by giving you that nudge, you're making the decision to show you the guidance. That's when you'll get it. Is that why people don't see the guidance or don't well, accept it Well, there's many sometimes? reasons they don't see the guidance. The gui- uh, number one, they may not be listening. Um, uh, or they don't want it. Most of the times, to be frank, people go to the higher to try to get what they already want, not what they mm-hmm. necessarily need. So they're really looking validation for their own appetites. Uh, there was a lady once that came for a consultation, and she was having an affair with a married man and was asking what to do. And, you know, and Barbara said quite just straightforwardly, you should end this. And she got almost indignant, you know, almost practically walked out and said, well, you know, my father could have told me that, you know. Um, so, in other words, sometimes the answers come, but it's not what we want to hear, so we disregard them. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. you cannot condition the higher. There, again, you know, you have to leave all your options open. Remember, their job is to not help us get the winning lottery numbers. Their right. job <laughs> is to help us fulfill our purpose, why we came here. So they see the book of life. They see our higher nature. They see us better than we see us. So every day they're saying, okay, this is the way, Dimitri. You know, this is the way. This is, you know, they'll point the way. Now, our free will could say, forget it. I ain't going that way. And then they'll patiently wait until we figure it out. And then, you know, they'll always give us a second chance. They love us very dearly. Uh, again, to them, we're probably, you know, like children. And children sometimes behave, and sometimes they misbehave. And anyone that raises children knows there's a lot of patience involved until the child can figure things out. And that's what we're doing. They have to be patient with us till we figure it out. But the point is we're all inherently good, even if we do evil things. And eventually the goodness of life will win out, and you know the light will come. But sometimes we are very stubborn, and we just don't want to hear it. We're, we're obsessed with something. We want it this way or we're afraid to take the chance. So even though the higher may be saying, go for it, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. That's, that's, that, that can't be. That's too risky. That's too this. It's too much that. 
So yes, it can be hard to take it. It can be hard to take a risk, though, to take the leap. You know, to it, it takes a lot of courage sometimes to take it. Well, yes, leap of faith. exactly, exactly. But mm-hmm. what's the old expression? Fortune favors the bold. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, if we realize that we're in school, you know, if we realize that this is a temporary situation, we're here to learn lessons. We are here to make mistakes. That's okay to make some mistakes. It's part of the, you know. Does everyone go through schools? getting straight A's on every test? No. And as a matter of fact, sometimes we learn the most from our mistakes. But, of course, oh, the absolutely. goal is when we make a mistake, let's learn from it. As right. was said in the karma book, sometimes the Holy Ones are saying, you're making the same mistake over and over and over. That's stubbornness. That's a lack yeah. of willing to really look at it and say, okay, this is not the right way to go. There's a better way to do this. But we shouldn't be afraid to take chances because the higher is there with us, and even if it doesn't always succeed, it's okay. Every great person that has ever achieved anything of worth in life took a chance. It was never just handed on a silver platter. There was always something that they had to do it somewhere down the line, even if they got a good start. Somewhere down the line, the chance had to be taken. By the way, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's an energy ray for courage, which is the color gold. And there is a celestial being and many celestial beings that help with courage. The leading one is the Archangel Michael. He is the one that helps bring in confidence and courage and his angels of of inner strength. So if you are feeling that you need to take that chance, here again, here's where the higher can help, and you're feeling a little nervous or, or lack of confidence, you can call in these celestial beings. They will help give you that inner strength. You still have to go out and do it, but right. it's like you've got a partner now. You're not doing it on your own. Yes, and if you're really feeling that in the partnership and being the team player and doing the part, you'll actually get more help. And, and I believe you also need to thank and say, you know, thank you for your help because oh, they absolutely. like to be thanked too. Yes, we well, should be living from our hearts that. and gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> you have to acknowledge the gratitude. It's extremely important. You have to acknowledge the, uh, the gratitude. Oh, yes, that gratitude yeah. You know, if you're ever feeling sorry for yourself, uh, the first thing to do is just express express your gratitude for everything that you have right this very minute, even if life is not perfect. Right, Give there thanks is something. for where you are. Mm-hmm. It's an extraordinary mm-hmm. time to be on this earth right now. The Holy Ones yeah. teach us never been a better time to grow spiritually. And this is a wonderful, I mean, having shows like this run here was, you know, unheard of uh, not that long ago. You know, so... Right. So a lot has changed in a very short period of time. It has, and that brings up a good point, too, because as I was reading your book, I was thinking about things that I had been feeling, meaning with the evolution of Earth, mankind, things are drastically changing, and dare I say more quickly than ever before, and I'm not the only one that's feeling this quickening. And when I read in your book about the... um, Oh, what was it? The Lord of Wisdom Light, who is in charge of the evolution of the Earth to assure that we stay on track. With everything that's happening on the planet right now, the climate changes, all the toxins in our water and food, the economic challenges, the mass of people, I mean mass of people, and what I would call passing on in odd or strange ways or freak accidents, if you will, it seems to be growing. Is there a cleansing of the planet going on? Is all this happening as part of the evolution process to bring us back into balance? Well, um, you're describing a lot of different things. It's more than one thing going on right now. Um, We're actually at the threshold. I mean, I'm sharing with you what the higher shared with us. So this is not my personal, I mean, I can express my personal Mm -hmm. point of view, but what I'm sharing now is what they've said is that we're at the threshold actually of a golden age. And this is the, uh, the the beginning stages of it. But it's also the end stage of some old things. So what you're seeing at one point is the some stuff that hasn't been good that has been there for a long time. It's just been well hidden. Now it's coming to the surface. So the, ex- the example is here is if you've got a wound, uh, before you can heal it, if it's infected, you've got to open the wound, let the pus out. And uh, then you can, you know, address it. So in some ways, that pus is coming out right now. And the Holy Ones teach us not to be discouraged by that. Uh, The gloom and doom that we hear now, to tell you the truth, is more our own fears, not the way the higher sees it. Okay. Uh, 
by the way, Bill Gates, you know, the Gates Foundation wrote a wonderful yes. annual letter, which I encourage everyone to read. Now, here's a man that's boots on the ground. He's doing, spending billions to help people around the world. And uh, he sees that the, the, basically his philosophy is that by 2035, well, you know, world poverty could be at an end, at least by the definition of the World Monetary Fund standards of what poverty is, world poverty. And he's saying that the very things that are discouraging that are when you say, well, the dollars don't count. Oh, this is an impossible situation. Oh, the world is crappy. You know, all the negatives, these are myths, he calls them, that are actually hurting a very good opportunity that's here right now to set things right. If you compare the the wealth of the world 100 years ago to now, it's extraordinary how much has changed. There's still a lot of inequity. But we are far better off than we have ever been. So now you bring up a good point. We also have some big challenges right now. There are more people on the earth than ever before. And this does have to do with karma. Because conditions are better on the earth, the holy ones are letting more people come to the earth to resolve their karma. So yes, it's heating up things. I mean, you know, when there were two billion on the earth, it's very different when there's seven. Now they say it could go up to nine. So you are talking about a very different dynamic now, but this is again opportunity for more people to to grow spiritually. Uh, but also, it's important not to dilly dally. You know, in other words, too many of us now have this opportunity to really step forward and do more. But there's that we've just talked about this before. We hesitate, yeah. and that actually slows down the process of evolution. So by doing our part, not only are we helping us, we're helping everybody else. It's like what Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. So just do your part. Don't worry about the rest right now. God will take care of that. God's not going to let the planet go to waste. That's our own fears. But we have to do our part. So be the best you can be. Fulfill your purpose for being here. As you improve yourself, you do change the world. And we are at that very beautiful place to, where we can start making some very wonderful changes. And just recently, some inspiration came in saying that the next five years, they're going to bring in some very wonderful new energies that have not come to this earth before, at least in this way. So there's a, there's some very nice things the higher is trying to do to help us right now. And you were saying, why bring this book at now? You know, that was an interesting question because when we wrote it, uh, I was realizing, you know, this change is going on in the hierarchy itself. They're not static either. So they're a dynamic beings just like we are. And so it is a, an important moment. One of the things I was most surprised in the book is, uh, you know, some of these things Barbara had secret or not, you know, just was shared with just, you know, after years of training, they wanted out in a book designed for the public. And this mm-hmm. means, it only mean one thing, that people are ready for it. And so far, it seems to be playing out exactly that way. Uh, some of the feedback we're getting. Uh-oh. That, uh, oops, sorry. Not just that it's That's a okay. book, but they're actually getting exactly what was, you know, what was needed from it. So this says that they're, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the only way you and I could ever get information like this was if we belonged to a mystery school or an ashram. Right. And right. the fact that now we can talk about this publicly like this means that there are millions ready now to take this evolutionary jump. Well, so people are there hungry. Are many, they're thirsty for it. Because they, they, they're, they're ready for the jump. Yes, yes, absolutely. They're ready for, to make yes. that shift, and that's why they've got to get closer to the higher, because that, they're, the, they're the beings that are going to help you make that happen. I think that I'm seeing an awful lot. I mean, just in the past, I don't know, 10 years, maybe not even, maybe eight years, there has been so much more death and violence. And that's why I asked the question, do you think this is a cleansing of the planet to balance it out? Because well, it feels like that. Well, there's two things we can say there. Number one, well, three things. Okay, you've got more people, so you've got more dynamics than ever before. Yep. Number two, yes, it's true. As, as good as there is more opportunities to grow into the light, unfortunately, there's more opportunities to walk the other way. Right. So you have these people that are evolving faster than ever before, but unfortunately you also have those that are devolving 
faster than ever before because they're choosing to walk that, shall we call it, the left-hand path. So, yes, you are going to see, unfortunately, for a period, it's not going to be forever, more of these kind of atrocity-type things. Um, and um, that that will happen. And also to remember, it's more visible now. These things were yeah. happening before, but you know, it didn't show up on YouTube three days later. Or it wasn't like tweeted. Uh, now it's so much out there. Nothing is hidden right now. Before it was much more hidden. We just didn't know as much before. But and while that's by- true, and I'll agree with that to a point, school shootings, um, the, the, the horrors that are happening, the Al-Qaeda situation, it's, it, that wasn't as prevalent before. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. You know, and I look at that and I think these people can't handle the energy, and I think that's why they're opting out. Well, there may be some of that there. But fortunately, again, as horrible as these are, these are still extremely isolated. Well, not Al-Qaeda, but the the school shootings, that's still a a rare thing. Thank God. I'm sure much more would be handled if it wasn't. But there we have to just stay. Well, let's put it this way. The way the hires shared this, because, again, I'm just trying to share what the hires shared with us. Yes. Is they said you will see things happening that are you know terrible, but your mm-hmm. job right now is pray for them of course, but stay close to the light. Don't yes. let these things discourage you. They are temporary situations. Of course, the dark side does not want the light to succeed, and mm-hmm. there is a dark side. We spent a whole chapter in the book talking about the dark side of life, and unfortunately, it is real. There are these dark spirits on the other side. It is; These are the ones that have chosen. Remember, even an angel has free will. That angel can choose to walk with the light or not. And there are some that have chosen not to. And yes, they do try to create these menacing situations, and they want to terrorize because it's their way of... Uh, they're trying... They're, they don't care so much about us in terms of our bodies and things like that, or money. I mean, they... They laugh at their ability to manipulate people with money. What they want is our light. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the most valuable thing that we possess is our spiritual light. And that light is extremely important, and they know that. So by creating these horrible scenarios and terrorizing, shall we say, people, it's a way of filching light. Um, but that's why we have to stay strong. Of course, protect right. ourselves. We've got to protect our children. No question. I mean, I remember as a kid just being a lot more free to roam around the street, not feeling scared. You're right. Those days have changed. I would mm-hmm. have never raise my child the way you know I was raised in the sense of you have to be a lot more careful now, you know, because there are predators out there. There are things that are going on. It's part of the exhilarating process that's going on now. Part of the extreme process that's happening. Okay, that's that's and, you know all this is good information and it gives us hope and intention to make things better if we can bring our own light out because if you are in a well lit room you need only put uh, something over the light and it goes out and now you're in a dark room but you can have just a tiny spark and and it creates light in the room and you really the light never really goes out even if you put something over it you can still see some light through it so to me it's just easier to keep that fire going fan those embers and keep that light going and look for those things that will make you happy if we all did take care of our own energy fields and we all did take care of yeah. our own business the world would be a whole lot better place i do have another question for you this was about the uh Let's see. Well, I saw something on TV a couple of weeks ago. There were all these fish, okay, that washed up on the shore. I think it was in California. Hundreds and hundreds upon uh, of fish washing up. They were dead on the shore. And we see cases where whales are beaching themselves in so many places around the globe. And, and that, I understand, is magnetic north is moving, and whales work by radar. So when they're following magnetic north, they're going to go east, and, of course, they're going to hit a shoreline. I get that. But the fish, is there... You know, we're talking about the different kingdoms, and one of them is the fish kingdom. And I thought, what does this mean to that kingdom? Well, I mean, they're going through some struggles, too. I mean, the the waterways are becoming challenged in some areas. So, in a sense, I think all the kingdoms are feeling the stress as as the human is right now. Mm -hmm. So you're again going to see these kinds of uh, situations. Interestingly enough, there is a hierarchy 
that watches over the fish kingdom, just as there's a hierarchy that watches over the animal kingdom. So you mentioned the Lord of Wisdom Light. That's the leader of the hierarchy who watches the human kingdom. So we got to remember the hierarchy, you know, has a leader, and it's just like an army or, a, or a, you know, a corporation. There's somebody at the top and all the people working there. So there is a hierarchy that works with the fish kingdom, and evidently they're going through some struggles themselves as part of their growing experience, as are the animals. Now the whales, technically, because they are mammals, even though they're in the water, they're part of the animal kingdom. Now I found this interesting that the, the higher differentiated in terms of evolution, the difference between the fish and the uh, and the animals. Mm-hmm. So they're in different kingdoms. So here we must remember they're not looking to the to metaphysics. The human or the the form is an expression of consciousness, not the other way around. So let's say I my soul enters into a consciousness that we would we we call the fish kingdom. We're given a body that's appropriate to our level of consciousness, which in that case would be a, a fish consciousness, a fish form, in which the, the soul in that fish form expresses its conscious experience. Then as we graduate to the animal, then there's a different configuration that happens. So the experience of breathing through water, of being cold-blooded, uh, that, that sets up evolutionary challenges that are different for warm-blooded let's say mammals that have to they have to actually work harder a warm-blooded animal has to work harder to maintain that internal heat so the demands of survival are greater which means that the uh, evolutionary challenges are greater which means that the spiritual opportunities are also greater so as the cha- as things are happening to the earth we do have to remember that the whole earth is alive you know there is an ensouling Theosophists used to talk about the planetary logos, a celestial being that's literally inhabiting the entire earth. And all the kingdoms are living within this celestial being. So the earth, the best way to think of it is the earth itself is alive. And we are like living like a part of a, like a cell within the body of this great, this great presence. So all the kingdoms will feel it, whether they're in the water, in the air, or in the land, whether they're mm. physical, whether they're ethereal, whether they're astral, whatever way we're experiencing our life right now, it's within this fold of this of this magnificent experience. Um, and that so, makes yeah. complete sense because everything is energy, so of course everything is going to interact with everything else and affect everything else in a positive or a negative way, whatever is running the highest. Right, yeah, whatever is there. And of course the, the fish have to kind uh-huh. of, go where they're at but they're not they're not left to their own devices they're being watched over too so that was my main point there even though they're going through their challenges it's not like they're just well poor you know they're poor suckers or anything they they they're being lovingly taken care of as well well that's good to know <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, know, we yeah. love the we love the fish yeah <laughs> and the animals by the yeah, wait, let's say every, the animals when you have pets and you're loving your animal, it's not just about hugs and kisses. You are helping that animal soul to evolve. The animals yeah. are looking up. One day an animal soul will finish its pilgrimage in the animal kingdom, and it will start its pilgrimage in the human kingdom. So caring for animals is a very sacred obligation. In the same yeah. way the angels watch over us, we are meant to watch over the animals. As you say, sometimes we do a great job and sometimes we don't. But but when we don't, we're falling short of our responsibility. I watch over the animals on my property all the time. And the other day I thought my cat got out who's not allowed out. I have two cats and I thought one of them was out. And I was outside looking for this cat, crying my eyes out in the rain, thunder and lightning, hours on end trying to figure out where this cat is and finally gave up and came in the house and there she was. And I thought, oh, oh, you know, Mama loves that. Now I'm going to kill you because you are <laughs> – what are you doing to me, you know? But, yeah, I really – I firmly believe that because while I was outside walking around, I'm saying, Gaia, I take care of your animals, the chipmunks, the herons, the raccoons, the gophers, yeah. the deer, the oh, bear. Yeah. I take care of all of them here. You need you to take care of mine. Of Where land. is she? 
Yeah. yeah. And when I walked in the house and there she was, I thought, okay, I love you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's amazing. How, you know, he's like, are you okay? Is everything fine? Now I want to really, you know. Now I can really give you to <laughs> Oh, but they do the give us a lot, don't they, those little critters? Okay, yes. so, yeah, but you know what? The unconditional love, which you don't get from humans. If, if humans could give unconditional love completely, there would never be divorce and there wouldn't be people, um, you know, families that were having abandonment issues between parent and child. So right. we know that love is not unconditional in the human kingdom. However, human to animal, or rather animal to human, they don't care. They, they love you unconditionally. It's amazing. And yeah. that is something to be so no, they, grateful they do for. tend to live closer to their nature than we do. But remember, once we do get into that higher consciousness, then we can express love in ways even the animals can't conceive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they don't hold grudges or anything. I mean, they just they just love us, you know. So, I don't know. I am a firm believer that less is more. Having said that, what is the simplest change that someone can make in their daily life to reconnect with a higher power? I know there are a lot of people wondering this. They want to know, well, what can I do that would help me but not take hours on end? I don't have time to meditate. And even well, if they minute, don't have minute, time to Let me to... say something there right now because you said something really important because people say this all the time. I don't have mm-hmm. time to meditate. First when of all, we're not asking. To me, I, yes, when people say that yeah. to me, I say, you don't have time not to meditate. You uh, need to make good. Or I would say, well, wait a minute. If meditation is your one-on-one time with God, are you telling me you don't have time for God? Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, God, I'll get to you next Tuesday. I'll do my very yeah. best to get you next Tuesday. Can we so, do lunch? You, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do lunch. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. See, that, those, those, in that situation, you are letting your life run you not you yeah. run your life, mm-hmm. okay? Now, it doesn't yeah. have to be a long meditation, even 10 minutes a day. But well, it's I tell people be, even three. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit longer than three, because unless you're really good at getting into the oneness, it takes a little time to disengage all the energy. Well, you know why I tell them three? I tell them three, so they start at three, and they realize, wait a minute, this feels good. Maybe I can do one more. And just to build them up if they've never oh, done good. it, so they can oh, good. get well, to that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. But the regularity yeah. of it, like brushing your teeth, like brushing yep. your teeth. It's and a habit. when you meditate, mm-hmm. regardless of how long it is, the world doesn't exist for that moment in terms of your mm-hmm. problems, your worries. Uh, Barbara tells a great story in the Change Your Aura book. A sheriff she taught to meditate uh, called her up one day and said, oh, your meditations don't work. And so what do you mean? And they were friends. So she came over and said, okay, show me how you meditate. Well, she started to meditate, then she started to put something on the stove, she answered the door, she picked up some mail. That's not meditation. No. When you meditate, that, you yeah. close the door. You can't multitask meditating. <laughs> yeah, multitasking to meditator, yeah. No, no. It doesn't work like that. Shut out the world. Now, I will say this. This is what the Holy Ones teach us. Um, first of all, the, the, and this could be a whole lecture all by, all the, you know, show by itself, one of the things that they emphasize is there's a difference between what we call being a psychic and trying to tune into um, material that way and being a mystic. So the, the book was really designed more about tuning into your mystical nature, not your psychic nature. Because the Holy Ones really work through the mystical part of you. They can access the psychic part, but the problem is the psychic apparatus is is often inaccurate, whereas the mystical aspect is never inaccurate. So what they say is this. We understand we're coming from a higher vibration. We will step down our vibration to meet you. We'll do three-quarters of the work, but you've got to do your part. You've got to step Mm -hmm. up your vibration to meet us. You've got to do one-quarter of the work, and the meeting of the minds is in what we call the higher self point. What people could do is they could close their eyes, get in a relaxed state, envision a golden sun about two feet above your head, your eighth chakra, this is your higher self point. And as you put your attention in that higher self, you have let go of the worries, the stresses, everything. You are like stepping onto sacred ground And in that higher, putting your attention in that higher point, then ask to simply feel the holy presence of the divine ones. And be still for a moment. Feel their connection coming in. If you get an impression with something, if you get an idea, 
follow through with it for God's sakes if it's coming through, or if there is something that you really want to lay openly, God, here's this dilemma, guide me, I'm putting this on the altar of God. While you're in that higher point, be still and hear what the divine has to say to you. Because in that higher consciousness, the divine ones will communicate. And they will generally communicate through an intuition or an inspiration. Those mm-hmm. two keys are your master keys to building a direct mystical connection, a direct clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. The key to clairvoyance is actually through the intuition and the inspiration. And eventually it gets to what I call turbocharge. It gets so strong. And then that turbocharge eventually leads to the you know dropping the veil. But it starts and this, by simply getting going into to the, the higher. And going to the higher is getting into the mystic for you. So you're learning about things for you. It's not a psychic thing. No, to, no. Well, you know, the psychic, okay, so what we have to remember is we have a complex spiritual anatomy. We have our physical body. We have mm-hmm. the auric field. We also have this astral body. The astral body is the surviving body that takes you to the other side when you die. It's no more evolved than you are. It's at the same state of consciousness that you're in, but it's just in its astral form. And what we call psychic, when we have a psychic experience or someone is psychic, really Mm -hmm. all that means is that you are consciously in touch to varying degrees with your astral body while you're in your physical body. And that can be a very exhilarating experience because you can't see spiritual colors. You can have visitations. You know, Uncle Fred, Sarah, Aunt Sarah, whatever from the other side can come and you can. So it can be actually intoxicating to have those psychic mm-hmm. experiences. But what the Holy Ones teach us is there's nothing wrong with having those experiences. But just don't look to them for your spiritual advancement. Right. They right. will tell you that there's life beyond the physical. But when you're ready to walk the path, Going to that higher nature, that's part of your divine self. There is no unenlightened consciousness in that higher self point. It's, of course, think, harder to get there. And I think but we need to work on ourselves spiritually before we go toward that, that psychic part to, let's say, become a psychic. A lot of people do that, and that's great. But when things become a little ego-driven, and I, I use that term a little lightly here, but sometimes people will say, oh, see, I got, you know, I'm psychic. I knew this. I knew that. And it's an ego thing. You didn't exactly. really get Just because you're psychic doesn't mean you're spiritual. Big difference. You got it. Exactly right. Okay. Exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail right on yeah. No, so many people don't understand that distinction. No. Uh, yeah. But that's a huge thing, what you just said right now. That's a major, yep. major. Being psychic doesn't mean you're spiritual. Exactly right. And more yeah. often, it, you know, it's now there are some psychics that are, and that's good. But the yeah. apparatus is not part of the mystical makeup. When you when you talk about the true myth, visions of the mystic, you know, uh, some of the you know whether it's Paramahansa Yogananda or some of the others, they were working through the the mystical part of them. Sometimes the psychic came that comes into it too. You know, let's say if you do have a visitation from one of your relatives or something like that, if they're coming in their astral body, you'll use your psychic visions to see them. Um, but basically, when you're trying to evolve your soul, and since the subject of today is about communing with the divine, when you're trying to right. commune with spiritual hierarchy, you want to do it through your mystical nature. Because that's where yeah. the, you have to go into their ballpark. You have to get into the, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans. You, you've got to get exactly. into that territory you're playing with the big boys now you know so you've got to get into their league and you're right you have to prepare for it mentally emotionally am i really ready to hear what the higher has to say now of course they love us dearly they know us really well and they're ready to help so what are we dilly-dallying you know i guess sometimes we get afraid of the truth we think it's not going to be what we want but I do love that line in the Bible that talks about the truth sets you free. Remember, in the end, the truth, the spiritual truth of something is a liberating, positive experience. No matter what it asks us to do, no matter what it tells us about life or loved ones, ultimately it's a freeing and empowering experience. So we should not hesitate to always seek truth and to live by that truth 
that's not always easy to do. But the more we do it, the more our lives become beautiful. I heard recently a beautiful story about Gandhi. Uh, someone, uh, uh, so a woman brought some a child and said, you know, he eats all these sweets, but he loves you. If you tell him not to eat the sweets, uh, he won't do it. And Gandhi thought about it for a minute. He said, okay, come back in three days. Three days we traveled. You know, we're just from the village. We traveled all this time to get here. You want us to come back in three days? Come back in three days. So he came back in three days, and he said to the little boy not to, you know, to cut the sugar. And the boy, you know, really idolized, loved him, and said, I'll do it. If you say it, I'll do it. And the mother said, why did you make us come back three days? He says, well, it took me three days to stop eating sugar myself. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> In other words, he didn't want to impart something that he himself, he lived his yep. truth is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, So exactly. live that truth, and it can only take you to wonderful, wonderful places. Yes, and we all come in with different gifts, and not all of us are meant to be psychics and put out signs and say we're doing readings. But, you know, if we work on ourselves, we're all meant to do that and grow from that spiritually. I can't believe we're at the top of the hour, and, you know, we need to say goodbye. But before we do, Dimitri, would you please tell everyone, you know, uh, how they can get in touch with you, uh, the classes sure. and, and sure. Get okay. stuff? Our, our nonprofit organization is Spiritual Arts Institute at spiritualarts.org. Uh, we're in Los Angeles, but we have classes around the, uh, on the Internet around the world. Uh, the new book is Communing with the Divine uh, by Barbara Y. Martin and myself, Dimitri Moraitis. Our phone number is 800-650-AURA, A-U-R-A-2872. And uh, we have a lot of events coming up. We're traveling around with the new book. Uh, we hope to, to see you. <laughs> And we hope to hear from you again. And could you hold on the line while I do the outro? I'd like to talk to you after the show for just a couple of minutes. Sure. Great. Thank you. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio. So please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I have to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link to the show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you had tonight to learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and get out your calendar and make note of it now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.com. Org. That's quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming Crystal Bowl concerts. And if you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can order my CD. It's called Imagine from the site as well. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. See you next week.
is joy, life is pain, but the prayer of my heart will never change. I say thank you. 